0: Well, good morning church. My name is Amelia and I'm the youth pastor here at York Street Church of Christ. And I have um, the big privilege of bringing you the message this morning. Hey, as I do, I want us to put our imagination hats on this morning. Now, imagine with me that you're a parent of three beautiful children. Now, it's school holidays But remember, we have our imagination on, so there's no coronavirus and no restrictions. And so you decide to go to Melbourne for the day with your three beautiful kids. Now, you don't go to Melbourne very often, and so you decide to jam-pack your day full of three big events. The first is breakfast at Pancake World. Now, Pancake World is an incredible place for kids, and it not only has the best pancakes in Victoria... But it also has a massive indoor playground complete with a jumping castle. Now your children go and play on the playground while they wait for the pancakes to be made and then as soon as they're finished eating, they're right back playing in the playground. But remember, you have a really busy day ahead and so you decide it's time to go to your next destination, which is the zoo. So you go to the playground and try and get your kids to leave, but, well, your youngest doesn't like that idea and they want to keep playing. So, like many young kids do, they put up a fight. They don't want to leave the playground. Now, finally, they do leave and you get them in the car and you head to the zoo. Now, your time at the zoo goes something like this. Your youngest child is still upset about being made to leave the playground. Dad, I don't want to be here. That playground was so big and you didn't even let me go down the slide one last time. Please, Dad, please, can't we go back? Meanwhile, your eldest child has figured out that after the zoo, you're going to the movies. And they can't wait. Mum, is it time to leave yet? When does the movie start? Can we hurry up? I want to get a good seat. Let's go. Your middle child, however, well, they are loving the zoo. They have worked out the best way around the zoo so you get to see all of the animals. They even took the time to look for one of those frogs that is so hard to find and were the first person to spot it. They waited in line to get a photo with a koala and they even saw a monkey steal a little boy's ice cream and asked if you could buy him a new one. They had momentarily forgotten about the pancakes you had for brekkie. They weren't in a hurry to get to the movie They were simply enjoying their time at the zoo. Now, I wonder if you can relate to one of these kids this morning. I know for some of you who are parents or grandparents, you're probably thinking you can relate a lot to the parents in this story. But remember, we're imagining this. And I want you to think about if you can relate to one of the three kids. See, the youngest child was living in the past. Their mind was so fixated on where they had been that had stopped them from living in the present moment. The eldest child was living in the future. Their mind was looking forward to what was next, to what was to come after the zoo, so much so that they could not enjoy the present moment with their family. The middle child, however, they were living in the present. This was not to say they didn't enjoy their pancake breakfast or weren't looking forward to the movie. The difference was that these things did not stop them from enjoying their time at the zoo and from being present in every moment. And so I wonder if you've ever stopped to reflect on where you spend most of your time. Maybe you spend it in the past. Are you forever wishing you could go back to certain moments in time? Do you replay every conversation you have thinking, oh, I should have said this or I should have said that? Do you replay events in your head and think, why did I do that? I should have done this instead. Maybe it's these things that stop you from, from putting thought and effort into what you're doing right now. Or maybe you're a bit like me and sometimes you spend a little too much time in the future. You're forever focused on the next thing. Maybe you sit at the dinner table with your family but you aren't really there. Your mind is focused on the groceries you have to do tomorrow. Right, and that you have to pick jack up from school and then take bill to basketball and don't forget your energy bill is due on friday and maybe it's these kind of thoughts that stop you from putting thought and effort into what you're doing in the present moment see i believe that living in the past and living in the future can actually become bad when they prohibit us from being present in each moment or worse when they cause us to miss the presence of the living god in our lives Through scripture, we are shown how God has pursued being present with us. Last week, Tim brought us a message about the God of the past. And he reminded us that the God who brought the Israelites out of Egypt and into the promised land, the God who saved Noah from the great flood, the God of Isaac, Abraham and of Jacob is the same God that is present with us today. And so this morning, we're going to look back at God's pursuit to be present with his people throughout history and his pursuit to be present with us today. So let's start at the very beginning in Genesis 1, 26 to 27. It says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and every creeping thing that creeps on earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Here we see that God created Adam and Eve in his own image. And they lived in the Garden of Eden, ruling over the animals. However, as we continue to read through Genesis, we see that God did not just create Adam and Eve and then leave them to live in the garden alone. In Genesis 3 verse 8, we read these words. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. See, God himself was present with Adam and Eve in the garden. He walked with them, talked with them and had a relationship with them. God was present with Adam and Eve so often, that they knew what he sounded like and could hear him coming. In Genesis chapter 3, we go on to read about the fall when Adam and Eve first disobeyed God and ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. In disobeying God, Adam and Eve sinned and broke the close and perfect relationship that they had had with God. However, despite this fall, despite the disobedience of Adam and Eve and despite our own sin, God has never stopped pursuing us. Instead of leaving us or giving up on us when we sinned, God had a rescue plan. Now this plan would see our relationship with him restored and it would see him have a continued presence in our lives. In John chapter 1, verse 1, we read, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made, Without him, nothing was made that has been made. So here we see that the word was with God in the beginning. The word was God and he was present when God made Adam and Eve. Verse 14 of 1 John goes on to say that the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and full of truth. These verses show God's continued pursuit to be with us. See, God wanted to restore our relationship with him so much that he stepped down from heaven and came to earth. Matthew one, twenty two, twenty three says. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us through the person of Jesus Christ who is both fully human and fully God God came to dwell on earth and be present with his people however this was not the end of God's plan while Jesus broke the word of God and taught us how to live a godly life while he healed the sick and gave sight to the blind and made the lame walk his ultimate goal was to restore our relationship with God And so, in pursuit of us, in pursuit of being present with us forever, God gave up his one and only son, Jesus, to be arrested, to be beaten, and to die on a cross for the forgiveness of our sins and the restoration of our relationship with God. In pursuit of us, God not only gave up, but separated himself from his son. Billy Graham puts it like this. When Jesus died on the cross, all of our sins, without exception, were transferred onto him. He was without sin, for he was God in human flesh. But as he died, all of our sins were placed on him, and he became the final and complete sacrifice for our sins. And in that moment, when he bore our sins, he was banished from the presence of God, for sin cannot exist in God's presence in mark fifteen thirty four, jesus cries my god my god why have you forsaken me this cry speaks of this truth jesus endured the separation from god that you and i deserve so that we don't have to see god was separated from jesus on the cross so that you and i may never be separated from god Having taken the sins of the world, Jesus lay dead in a tomb for three days. However, on the third day he rose again, and in doing so defeated death and sin and restored our relationship with God. Through the repentance of our sins and the acceptance of Jesus Christ as our Saviour, we can come into a restored relationship with God. This is a relationship where God is always present with us, not separated, not distant. Not far off, but present. This is simply the gospel message. We were created by God to be in a relationship with Him. However, when we disobeyed and sinned, we broke that relationship and became separated from God. Despite our sin and our disobedience, God pursued us, giving up His one and only Son, Jesus, who took upon our sins Himself and died in our place. Rising again three days later, Jesus defeated death and restored our relationship with God. Now, whoever repents from their sins and believes in Jesus as a son of God is saved from their sins. And God is present with them always. If you have never heard this gospel message before, or maybe you have never told Jesus that you are sorry and asked him into your life, I would love to give you the opportunity to do so today. And so, if you want to make the decision to follow Jesus today, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me at home. Dear Heavenly Father, I come before you today and acknowledge that even though I was created by you to be in a relationship with you, it is my sins that have come to separate us. God, I am sorry for turning my back and for disobeying you. I thank you, though, that you have always pursued me, loved me, and wanted to be present with me. Today, God, I accept your grace and forgiveness, which you have poured out through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, your son. I want to walk a life that is free from sin, a life that is full of the Holy Spirit and full of you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hey, if you did make that decision for the first time today, we would love to hear from you so that we can celebrate with you, pray for you, and make sure that you are connected and supported as you begin your new journey today. Now, not long after Jesus had died on the cross and resurrected, three days later, Jesus ascended to heaven to be with God once again. Now, earlier we read a verse in which Jesus was described as Emmanuel, which meant God with us. And so some of you might be thinking, well, if Jesus was God with us here on earth, and then Jesus ascended to heaven, does that mean God left us as well? Well, no, it doesn't. In fact, God is still present with us today here on earth. And this is through the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 14, verse 16 and 17, Jesus promises us the Holy Spirit. He says and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. In Acts chapter 2 verses 1 to 4 we read about the arrival of this Holy Spirit. Now, this was some kind of crazy event that had happened and there were crowds around and they were so perplexed at what they were seeing. So much so that it's explained like this by Peter. He says, See, God has raised this Jesus to life and we are all witnesses of it. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. And it is through this same Spirit, the Holy Spirit, that God is present with us today and every day. Now, every Tuesday, we have an all-in staff meeting. And every Tuesday, without fail, Tim asks the staff the same question. Where have you seen God this week? And this morning, I want to ask you that same question. Where did you see God this past week? Where did you see Him at work? Did you encounter Him? Did you see Him in your day-to-day life? As we have just seen through Scripture, God is always present. He has pursued us so that He can always be present with us. He was present in the garden with Adam and Eve. He was present through Jesus Christ. And He is present with us today through the Holy Spirit. And so I want to challenge you this morning that if you're not seeing God in your day-to-day lives, it's not because he is not present with you. It's maybe because you're not present. And I don't mean this to sound scary and to put all the blame on you, but as an encouragement. See, in the Bible we read that we have all fallen short of the glory of God. And I know sometimes it can be easy to stand in a building or a worship service or see others really connecting and experiencing God. And you can see his presence falling down on them. And sometimes you can say, why doesn't that happen to me? And I want to say to you this morning that God is not choosing to put his presence with that person and not with you. See, when Jesus died on the cross and the Holy Spirit came to earth as he ascended, that Holy Spirit was for everybody. It made God accessible to everybody. And so if you're not feeling God in your life, it is not because God is not there. We just have to learn to pay attention. And if we're not living in the present, it's most likely because some of us are still living in the past or we're looking too much forward to the future, just like the kids were in my story at the start. So my challenge for you this week is to set aside some time to practice being present with God, remembering that He is already present with you. See, the ultimate goal is to learn to be present in every moment. But for those of us who are not used to it, including myself, let's start small. Let's start by putting aside some time to practice being present. Maybe it is just 10 minutes for a, at the start. 10 minutes a day where we practice bringing our attention to the current moment. Maybe it is while you have dinner, while you eat with your family, focus on being present with them. As your family talks and laughs together, you will start to see the joy and peace of God. Maybe it's while you go for a walk. Leave the noisy headphones behind and focused on the nature around you. As you see nature and the beautiful colours, the size of it and the beauty of it, you will start to see the creator behind it. See, God is present with us and his presence is all around us, in our friends, in our families, in nature. We just have to start paying attention to it, and so I urge you not to be someone who lives too much in the future. Don't miss out on the opportunity to replace a young boy's ice cream because you're too busy to see the monkey steal it from him. Don't rush so much that you see that you miss the beauty in the gardens on your way to work. Don't miss out on being with God today because of your assignment that is due tomorrow or your work project that is due next month. And I urge you not to be someone who lives too much in the past. Don't miss out on God's presence today because you're stuck remembering the good old days or because you feel as though you should have prayed this or that or you should have preached on a different topic. I urge you to live in the present. When you live in the present, you don't hold on too tight to the past and don't get too caught up in the future. Your thoughts are clear and you're able to focus your mind on the here and now. You see God at work in your life, in your day-to-day life. You see his glory in the creation around you. You share his love by being the hands and feet of Jesus Christ and are present to the presence of the living God in your life. So let's set aside some time this week to be present with God because he is already present with us. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much that throughout history you have done everything in your power to pursue us and to ensure that today on earth we can still experience your presence and be with you. God, I pray that this week you would help us just to start taking the small steps and learn how to be present in every moment. I pray, God, in a world that just seems to move so fast and, you know, something that's here one day is gone the next, in a world, God, that pushes deadlines and timelines on us, I pray, God, that we will choose to be people who are present in every moment, to see the beauty in nature around us, to see your love and your life through our friends and through our families. God, may we just learn to be people to see you in our day-to-day lives and to feel your presence with us in every moment. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.